Okay. All right. And we're back, finally, after... God damn it, we are starting <laughs> that fast, motherfucker. <laughs> Shit. Ah, all right, cool. All right. Well, welcome back. Bound by the scene. Yeah. It's been a minute, Spirit. How you been? We've we've been unbound for a little while. We Things have. have been kind of kind of wild. I don't even remember where we were the last time we came. I don't know what to update to. Well, I mean, the last time we spoke, um, we did uh, we did three episodes in one day. Um, right. Yeah. Let me let me verify something on here. And we did <laughs> the la- funny funny enough, the last episode we did together was class and kink. Nice. That sounds like a really good segue. But first things first, to get a little bit of the housekeeping out of the way, thank uh-huh. everybody for thirteen point one thousand views. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a big number. <laughs> yeah. It's a large a large number. And between that's just on Pornhub. I, I haven't gotten the analytics on the RSS feed for Apple, Spotify, and Google. Uh huh. Well, no, I got one for Spotify. Spotify says we have seven. We're in nine countries. Oh, where we're being listened to in nine countries. I don't countries. even have a passport. I, I do. So <laughs> we're traveling the seas. Mine expired because I'm poor. I mean, isn't <coughs> <gesundheit>, Fair. Um. <coughs> In total, it seems between us, uh, between Pornhub and YouTube, we have forty followers, subscribers. Wow. Yeah, that that's a that's a milestone. That's I didn't... a lot without advertising, literally at all. Exactly, <laughs> and it's uh, it warms my little black hole of a soul. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank you guys Your for listening. Soul hole, soul hole, soul. No, that's Korea. Um, <laughs> that's the main character of Guilty Gear. Interesting. Oh, soul bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 But yeah, no. Thank everyone for listening. Thank uh, for for whatever reason. I have no idea why you wait too into listen to both porn. of us. It's porn. It is porn. <laughs> that's fair. Enjoy your porn. But that's uh, that's a little bit of housekeeping. <coughs> uh, also the gesundheit. <coughs> uh, please auto tune my sneezes. I will auto tune your. I think I have that on Vegas. I, I think I could be able to do that. Uh, if you don't, I have a plugin I can give you. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Uh, again, thank you. Don't forget to follow us on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Pornhub, YouTube, and wherever you like to listen. Mm-hmm. Thank you a lot. Yeah, now, we, we appreciate having people through these trying times. These time, times are trying. Uh, they're trying really hard to off all trying of us. Trying like a brat on shore leave. <laughs> that is a lot of trying. Mm-hmm. That is a little, way too much trying for... A little bit. I mean, teach... Their own. Someone's going to get put in the corner. We keep leaving everybody to each their own, and some people keep fucking around. <laughs> I don't think everyone gets to have their own anymore. That is fair. I have we're, to take it away. We're going we're gonna to remove that. Uh, you've, now <laughs> been, you've now been blocked from everything and everyone. Anything and everything, excuse me. So, in these past few months that we haven't been uh, discussing anything, uh, there have been a lot of interesting developments as far as kink is concerned. Yeah. Um, even even just before we started recording, um, there are a few major people that are in the rope sphere that are no longer going to be associated with Beachbind. I won't go into detail on names and all that because name dropping people that do not know that they're being name dropped is not fun. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's a pretty. It's a well, pretty I think big after thing. they're a certain size, it's okay. But they're, it sounds like we're talking about kind of intermediaries here. Yeah, pretty much intermediaries that have their own personal life. And <laughs> if you want any more information on that, I do recommend going to FetLife and locating it, and just t- type in Beachbind in the search, mm-hmm. and you'll it'll pull right up, and you'll get a, pretty much a good smidgen of what's going on. Uh-huh. Um, events are 
popping back up to a degree. Uh, there are still some online classes that are being done over in person, which still is did, good. Uh, did the Dallas fetish ball happen this Mm-mm. year? No, it's no. not happening this year or next year. It's possible it'll happen next year if mm-hmm. we find out that all the boosters for the vaccines are working as they should against various yeah. new variants and everything. Because, like, uh, I hear that um, uh, Pfizer specifically is very weak to Omicron, which is bad news for me. <laughs> it is bad news for me, too, because I have the bo- I have I have a booster already, too. Uh-huh. So um, I'm like halfway tempted to just go to like CVS and go get the Moderna one and just mix and match. You're going to get <laughs> get all the vaccines. Yeah, it's like getting the, all the Pokemon. You got to get all the vaccines mm-hmm. and have it on your card. Um, so at the moment, that's where things are. There are some events that locally that are coming back in, and there's a few things I do want to touch on, mm-hmm. uh, but probably in another episode because this one is going to be a two-parter for Class and Kink. Yeah. Um, so what specifically did you feel that we left, uh, we left out of the first one? I'm going to be honest with you. It's been a long time since I've listened to the last episode, but, um, I think we recorded, we recorded the first class episode kind of in the middle of the pandemic, if I remember correctly, or close to the beginning of it. Um, around the time, yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, let's, let's rotate this. Rotation. Okay, there we go. Now I can. Now we can talk better. <clears throat> That's fine. I don't mind doing this. This seems very oh. hilarious to do. There we go. Do 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 do. All right. Um, but uh, but I feel that um. Now that like, any class issue that existed before, the pandemic was like greatly magnified afterward especially after all of the benefits dropped out like um i don't know if you've been paying attention to like political news here lately i don't have a choice but the um you know our great administration just um like is set to cut a whole bunch of benefits and they're claiming the job market has been better than ever so it's literally just like kick people off of assistance and then take credit for it kind of deal yeah um that's that's getting that's only going to get worse as from what I from what I've seen. Um, you had Kellogg in the news that just laid off all of their employees and are mm-hmm. looking for scalpers um, or no, scabs. There you go. Scalpers are the people that rip you off for tickets. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's getting bad. It's getting worse, and the divide between who can and who can't is going to be a lot more apparent in these yeah. coming months and the next year actually. Especially if events start opening up, bigger name events. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, like Beach Bind. Beach Bind is um, a event where you fly to Jamaica and go have a week-long um, soiree of classes and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. that is highly inaccessible to people that do not have money. Exactly, yeah. Um, which Kind of give me fire Festival vibes, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, fire <laughs> Festival vibes, um, Some and possibly even uh, Burning Man, because Burning Man takes a lot yeah, of... Yeah, Burning Man has gotten very inaccessible to... Um, the kind of people that set it up in the first place. Yeah. Uh, like Last time, I think we talked about how time is a big thing. Like, you're not going to have the energy and the time to go to events um, if you don't just have, like, the money to make that more accessible. Um, and I was thinking about it. I was like, training is probably that way, too. Um, and I know people are going to say, well, there's a lot of places that you can... Um, 
go online to find training and stuff like that. But um, I think people will often forget, especially in the kinky community, that uh, researching is a skill. And any skill takes time to build, which means you need to get a skill to get a skill to get a skill to get a skill. Yeah. You need to do... <clears throat> you first need to know where to look. Mm-hmm. Then you need to know how to siphon all the good information from the bad information. Mm-hmm. Then you need to see if it meshes in with your way of learning. And then you have to have the time to go through that information to find what is good and what is bad. Yep. Uh, the economy, as far as like kink is concerned, is very... You need to either know someone that knows someone, or you need to just already have that inherent knowledge by proxy. Mm-hmm. Um, which... F- um, Spoiler alert, that is almost a non, non-thing. non um, Unless you've worked on a ranch and know how to hogtie somebody mm-hmm. or know how to crack a whip because you've worked on a ranch before, yeah. then you, you won't have those skills. Mm-hmm. Um, or unless you were um, a raver that knew how to do light poi and you now you know how to do uh, flogging, Florentine-wise. Yeah. Um, similar, similar skill sets for uh, different acts. Um, so you run into these weird, these weird things where... If you can't do the proper research, you're going to end up falling on your face, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to learning uh, new. Like in this case, uh, kink stuff that you're learning is trades mm-hmm. because artistic cutting and scarification are two of the same thing. But you can only learn scarification if you're going to be a body modification artist. Right. And you won't you'll be hard pressed to find somebody that's in the body modification scene to teach a kinky person how to cut somebody because there's there's that one it's their livelihood mm-hmm. two um the training is roughly about two thousand dollars for i think a year or, or six months of learning mm-hmm. and that's money they're never going to see again right uh because they are now focused on training you specifically um what that has to do with kink is a lot more imperative because if you have the money you can go get these things mm-hmm. you can go learn as whatever the hell you want you can pay someone to private mentor you the entire way of your journey mm-hmm. whereas others have to rely on classes that are possibly free at events that people may or may not have to may or may not have a uh, an entry fee or anything like that when the average american person is hurt Mm-hmm. from well not deciding whether they want food or if they need gas mm-hmm. so i think another thing we haven't touched on is the kind of jobs you're doing if you're lower class for instance let's say you're kinky and a bartender you don't have weekends. you're not going to events you have to work that weekend yep <clears throat> and holidays too if you're a server you're absolutely you're 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 gonna be hard-pressed to find um any holiday events that you can uh, you can go to because holidays are mandatory mm-hmm. unless you work an office job where you have uh, paid days off and even then office jobs are well they're they're a bit pricey and taxing at the moment mm-hmm. because most of them are shifting back from work from home to back in the office yeah um, and then there's like um, I don't know enough about Japanese culture to know the answer to this but i get the feeling that if you're in the japanese office culture where you're like having to drink like every night um you may not have a chance to go to the clubs that you want to go to like you can't risk losing that um that office social capital by not going out with the boss yeah you're not you're not you're not allowed to anyway Mm -hmm. um 
and you're already working hundred hour weeks. Yeah. Um, there's actually a, 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 a account on Twitter that's uh, Shibuya Meltdowns. Yeah, I love Shibuya Meltdowns. Um, yeah, that if you if you take a look at it, you'll see a lot of the people that are like drunk and disorderly or just pass out on trains. Those are all, most of them are Japanese businessmen mm-hmm. because they've had to go and socialize with the boss because the boss wants to drink and intermingle with the crowd. Uh-huh. We don't necessarily have that here. What we do have is a you need to dedicate your life to work mentality mm-hmm. as opposed to you need to create this social hierarchy space in your office with your boss in Japan. Mm-hmm. We are conditioned here to put work before everything and that is protestant work ethic baby no thank you i don't like it it's it's gross um even with even with people like uh uh, that do the type of work that i do where i am on call to go outside of my city Mm -hmm. and drive or fly to get work done that was preconceived before i even had the ability to say yay or nay Mm -hmm. um so time and what type of profession are going to limit you to what you're doing. Uh-huh. I'd say even even the newer jobs that are coming up, say like streamers. Mm-hmm. Streamers have a dedicated fan base. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your biggest following, your biggest viewer counts are on the weekends when people don't have things to do. Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to keep that up. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a content creator where you can set your own time rules and everything. That's a whole different bag of worms. Yeah, it's, that's a different skill set. And honestly... Um I've been doing a lot of research into streaming uh, here recently. Um, and the people that are successful streamers become successful content creators. Like, they feed into each other. So you're, you're going to end up having to do both. That makes <clears throat> sense. You've, you've seen the transition from content creator to the streamer and vice versa, and they are ended up doing this wonderful melding of each other. Mm-hmm. So stop that. Um, what are the things that we should probably think about when it comes to classism in this space because a lot of it does revolve around teaching uh-huh. and learning events are are important but right now we are still in the crux of possibly having events but at the same time it's most of the events that i've seen you have to be vaccinated to yeah. go to um most <laughs> most not all there are some that have been operating since the beginning of this that have not been shut down and mm-hmm. there's a lot of problems with that but we won't go there um We'll say that for another episode. Yeah. So aside from time, aside from events and learning, I feel that there's something else uh, that, oh, yeah, there is. Uh, purchasing equipment for your stuff. Right, yeah. It, there be, is always an investment cost mm-hmm. of some kind. Um, as someone that used to sell rattan canes, um, purchasing canes, one cane at about a pinky's uh, diameter. Mm-hmm. Um, I would sell for fifteen twenty bucks, and I would get that. I'd get it wholesale price, mm-hmm. so I'd be paying pennies on the dollar for these things. Selling them at fifteen bucks or twenty bucks a pop. To most people that have money, that's not a that's that's a whatever. Mm-hmm. To other people, that's gas money, food money. Yeah. Um, hell, going into an event kind of money, because mm-hmm. right? most events that I've seen usually cap out at like. 50 bucks unless you're going to a swingers thing as a single male that's a hundred and some bucks right so those are things to kind of also take into consideration a mm-hmm. good leather flogger will easily easily cost 250 yeah i think people discount how much they're actually spending on kinky stuff because they like it right yeah so it doesn't feel like an investment because it's the thing you like 
<clears throat> we use the words toys for that, and I think that's what makes it like very, yeah, very marketable and palatable. It's like, oh, these are toys. These are things that I can play with. Or and, like if you can convince yourself that it's a thing that is useful for more than one thing, it's actually like you're saving money. But at, like the dollars still have to come out of your bank account. Yeah, like, and <laughs> the dollars that come out of your bank account are used in part from your labor, your time that you that you've invested into a company because you need the money to eat mm-hmm. um a good whip will cost you well, if it's not leather and if it's paracord whip it'll probably cost you about 100 125 dollars uh-huh. uh, depending on who makes it and we won't even go into leather leather whips made from kangaroo leather that that's wild it is wild and by god are they expensive are they pretty and nice to play with oh I'm sure yes they are. i'm sure they're great <laughs> but most people won't have that um as people that are, as you and I are riggers, uh, our kits get expensive. Our climbing gear gets expensive because we have to make sure we're using climbing gear mm-hmm. um, or climbing grade equipment and medical shears or a really nice seatbelt cutter style knife to cut the rope if we need to. Uh-huh. Um, these are these all add up over time. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be hard pressed to find something that is decent and cheap. And I think that's a lot of the problem is the entry to the barrier to entry. Yeah, like a thing that held me back as a rigger at the very beginning was uh, I couldn't practice anything like suspension worthy because I had to buy my stand. Yeah. Because like I, I did the thing that I was talking about earlier where I bought a stand that can also hold like a hanging chair mm-hmm. uh, for the utility of it. Because I was like, obviously I need a chair. I need a thing. But, you know, that's still cost of a good chunk of money yeah um there's a like at the house that i'm staying at um living at excuse me um the uh the owner of the house wanted to install hard points in the frame of the house to Mm -hmm. drop down and that's a great thing to do but you have to have a house to do that you have to be the one owning the house in order for you to do that you can't do that at an apartment Mm -hmm. if you do you're gonna have to find you got to find a way to isolate the beams in the apartment and make sure it's structurally sound yeah. if you can even try that and god help you if there's a fan in your way in the living room because that's probably the biggest space you have is the living room mm-hmm. um, and that's just to practice not even have parties and that's like the likelihood of you having an apartment to yourself and the free time to use it is unlikely very unlikely so I think there, there needs to be a discussion on how we can figure out a way for people to become, to get into this stuff at mm-hmm. a, like a cost-effective way because um, cost-effectiveness is usually the make-or-breaking point for a lot of discussions and mm-hmm. a lot of how-tos and have-nots. Um, I know learning is one of those things that is required out of mm. all of this. There's there's no way around it. Um, I think learning is actually the key. And, like, being able to find resources will teach you how to do things that normally money would substitute for. Um, there's one thing that I do like is that um, if you... I, I can't remember the website, but you can access free um, college-level textbooks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever want to look into anatomy and physiology, you can look at the book Gray's Anatomy for free and not have to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting s- texts and programs on that. Mm-hmm. 
if you're looking at anatomy specifically, mainly for like impact play or medical play or anything of the sort, because it shows you diagrams of where everything is. Mm -hmm. um, and also it's a good reference point to learn where not to hit soft tissue stuff. Um, don't beat on the kidney areas. Yeah. Um, peeing blood is not a fun time. I think um, I've got a pretty intuitive knowledge of anatomy from doing martial arts and wanting to be a, a fucking ninja growing up. Um, That's but I, fair. I think there's plenty of resources on YouTube for finding out these specific things. There can be. It's it, A lot of it is now getting filtered out because of YouTube's policy. Things are moving over to like Pornhub, which is why I just that's why we decided to put most of our stuff up there first, mm -hmm. because there is the only barrier to entry is maybe an account. It's mm -hmm. a free website that you can post pretty explicit things, so it makes things easier to access that. Unless you want to wipe your you your history as an adult, mm -hmm. but that that is an, that's a you thing. Yeah, um, and I think finding out how to budget things piecemeal is good like if uh, if i were going to teach somebody how to get into rigging now i would probably say that they should get their first two hanks of rope learn how to treat them and then buy one hank of rope a month until they've got a healthy set that that's a that's a good way to do that um also learning how who to buy from is probably the better thing mm -hmm. especially if it's like an inexpensive it's a company that prides itself on inexpensive accessible rope yeah like oh. a thing that that tends to annoy me is people are like don't skimp on price on this but they don't tell you where about you should be spending yeah um one of the places that i like to go for rope that is relatively cost effective and inexpensive and still decent quality is minawashi mm -hmm. that, yeah, um, that's what i used to um, that's what I started with. Um, then my current uh, rope supplier no longer get no longer does it, so I have to go find another source. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Entry for impact play. You may want to look into investing in your making it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, for what <coughs> it would cost you to buy it from someone, mm -hmm. it'll cost you the exact same amount to buy all the materials to make it yourself. Uh -huh. And there are good tutorials online about how to make your own floggers and all that. Mm -hmm. pretty that stuff is pretty accessible like if the last time I remember I've spent for half a half a half a hide piece was like a hundred bucks mm -hmm. and you can you can adjust quality from there because sometimes you may just want to stick with the low quality stuff right and like if you can figure out how the construction on this works which you're going to know like you probably need to know if you're doing impact play you mm -hmm. need to know how the physics are going to work and if you can do enough of that, then you can just go down to, like, your local leather shop um, and go through their scraps and put something together. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's, that's the easiest way, to, that's the easiest way I can say as far as, like, a barrier to entry is concerned. Mm -hmm. If you, again, this is, this is if you want to, if you don't mind spending the money, that's up to you. But mm -hmm. the way I learned to get into it as a broke um, person, mm -hmm. as, um, that made $13 an hour when I started getting into the public scene was making my own toys. Mm -hmm. um, you can make a paddle out of a, uh, a wooden cutting board with that, with a handle is mm -hmm. the, and you just need to pay $5 or maybe like most 10 mm -hmm. to have a paddle that does the exact same thing that someone with woodcrafting skills can produce. Mm -hmm. um, and let's see, there's this thing that, um, 
I know that a couple of designers do where they'll write out what they want the results of a thing to be and then they'll break it down into all the things you need to know to make that. And I think for any of these things, if you've got like five minutes, you can sit down and make yourself a roadmap and that will let you budget your time a lot more effectively. That, that's a good <clears throat> way of looking at it, especially when it, when it comes down to you not having a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Having that, um, what, what is your goal by the end of the year if you want to start in January? Mm-hmm. If you want to have a full rope kit by then, that's 12 months. That's a, a rope, a, a, a hanker rope a month. You'll have a full suspending kit by the end of the month, by the end of the year, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good, a good way of supplying yourself with stuff to better yourself in the future. And if you want to, uh, if you get um, Christmas bonuses and all that stuff, some places do offer it. Even if it's just minimum wage stuff, you mm-hmm. may want to buy your first carabiner too, and just start adding to your kit as you go along. Yeah, and by the end of that, you'll have all of your rope. Eventually, you'll have all of the supplies, and at the same time, you'll be learning along the way. Because um, every time you buy another piece of rope, you can now add more to your ties. Yeah. And then you can continue and continue and continue working it like that until mm-hmm. you've used all 12 hanks at the time. Um, or if you're going the if you're going the impact and everything else type of scene, buy yourself your first rattan cane and buy yourself a wooden cutting board and go from there. Same thing, one toy a month. Mm-hmm. Learn how to properly take care of that in that month, and then by the time you're ready to use it, you already know the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Um, and I suggest taking any steps you can towards getting involved with the scene, even if you can't make events. Most most munches are going to be free, unless mm-hmm. it's like you go to a bar and you want to drink, or... You go to a, a restaurant and you want to eat something there with everyone while the discussion is happening. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to buy anything for that. You can always just go there, sit down with water. Yeah. Um, say say you ate before you got there. It always works. No one gives a shit. And no one gives a shit if you show up late either. Exactly. Uh, if be- you show up and saying, I was doing wage slavery, everyone will get it. Everyone will kind of sigh and go, yeah, we get it. And just continue on with the conversation. Um also for people that are uh, between the ages of 18 and 35 um, you got the TNG groups that always try to do something for free mm-hmm. because again they're within the age ra- the age range that we're that we're all in we're all struggling at this point now mm-hmm. the older crowd they usually have their own munches and they usually do their own thing um, and most of the time uh, if they have younger partners they'll take care of that mm-hmm. most of the time I'm not going to sit here and tell you to expect that all the time but take it for what it is right because um, the thing is, like, the more networks you're a part of, the more opportunities you're going to have. And, like, you want to press all of those advantages you can to make up for the fact that, like, we have less available for us because we are low class. <clears throat> exactly. And um, Kink, um, ha- at this point in time, Kink has prided itself on the inclusivity of all bodies and all people use that to your advantage too because just because you're not wealthy doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to participate Mm -hmm. um i'd be hard pressed to say that most people that are kinky tend to be people that just haven't haven't been able to access it Mm -hmm. they don't know they don't know how to right um and hopefully this is this is a good way for people to kind of get their foot forward into it Mm -hmm. um 
now that also cell phones are including data plans permanently, now it, you don't have to pay extra for it. You can access internet a little bit easier. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say go to your library and access your FetLife account. That would probably not be a good thing. Yeah, it's a, that's a risk. It's a big risk. Yeah, please don't do that. Um, or at your place of work because people will snoop. People mm-hmm. will attempt to look at you and all that fun stuff. Do do just a, a little bit of looking. That's, mm-hmm. that's always a good place to start. So like with most topics that we get on to, I doubt you're going to find all of the answers and the contents of this talk that we're having. Mostly what we're trying to give you are the cues and get your brain working in a certain direction. Because nobody's going to know how to solve your situation better than you unless they're a therapist. Yeah. Um, I know it took me a while to figure out how to get involved because it was, it's always, it was, it's always the first step uh-huh. of going to your first event. And some people want others to go with them and all that. Mm. It, it, it's a bit jarring. I'm definitely a group person. I want my own gang to roll with me and anywhere I go. Yeah. And maybe that's a thing for other people too. Um, mm-hmm. I know I can do solo events, but that's because at this point in time, I've trained myself to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my first event, I went with people uh-huh. um, and then met a group of people there at the event. So that way I can get my foot in the door with that crowd. And then it's, and then it's spiderwebbed out. Mm-hmm. If you can manage to do that, you're, you're, you're pretty set. Mm-hmm. Um, even if the events that are high dollar and all that, aren't accessible. Mm-hmm. There are ways to get into these events. As a matter of fact, I just saw this on FET earlier. Tethered Together, which is another big name rope company, they're doing um, scholarships where they will get people in wow. for free. The That's only, really cool. Yeah, so you can get into these events for free now if you do the scholarship with them, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. It's a good way of getting more people involved. Uh-huh. Um, I know Ropecraft, whenever I went to it, would let you volunteer for entry. You can volunteer as many shifts as you want. Uh, the only thing you would need to figure out is room and board. Mm. Uh, and Well, room and food. And usually if you have enough of a friend group to go, you can easily figure out that split cost and all that. Uh-huh. So those are those are avenues for those type of events. I can't really say anything on leather events um, because I it's been ages since I've been to one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. There's that way of, there's that point of entry. Look for opportunities to volunteer <clears throat> mm-hmm. and you'll never have to go in for and pay usually for things, mm-hmm. which is always a plus. So food for thought, um, especially because these name, these bigger name events need people to help make mm-hmm. things functional. Yeah. And you get to see free stuff. Most of these events are as poor as we are. <laughs> it takes a lot of money to make these events go, especially if they're hiring big name presenters out of Japan. Mm-hmm. They need all the help they can get. They need the the, the free labor too, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, it works. Um, that's another route for people to try. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Especially because that's what I do. I if in order to not pay for an event, I'll go volunteer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done that. Um, when I was doing more of the anime convention scene, that was kind of my my go to move. Was right. uh, volunteering or working events. And it helps. It certainly does. That that barrier to entry is no longer there because you can volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, volunteer enough, and they'll just start asking you to come. Yeah. So, 
And as you get skills, you'll be able to become more valuable as a volunteer. Valuable as a volunteer, valuable as a person that they want around. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can distinguish yourself and know how to call scenes that shouldn't be happening the way mm-hmm. they are, you'll become an asset because every event needs a dungeon monitor. Mm-hmm. And if you have CPR's training, which usually it's free in some companies, that uh-huh. be, uh, then you're instantly in the door because you know how to save someone's life, mm-hmm. especially because people like choking each other. Yeah. And putting bags on their head, which is an interesting play scene. And honestly, if you're doing CPR, your job is not necessarily to save them, just to keep them pumping until the paramedics get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, and they also forget that in order to do CPR correctly, you need to crack a couple ribs. Yeah, but uh, we, we wanted to do that anyway. Exactly. I think that is... That ex- that that port that part of the conversation as far as barrier to entry or anything of the sort, mm-hmm. um, the accessibility for toys is as creative as you can possibly be. Mm-hmm. I've seen someone use Cat Six cables as a Cat of Nine Tails. It's, okay. It and it sucks to get hit with it. I'll tell you that yeah, now. I've, I've, this has happened to me. <laughs> Not as a kinky thing, just as a check out what I made. Yeah. Um, so creativity and the ability to make something out of nothing is always a, a nice little <clears throat> tool to have on your belt. Yeah, you want to aim for results first. Like, take that process I was talking about earlier. Uh, what kind of pain do you want to inflict on somebody? What kind of thing, what kind of mood are you trying to put them in? Where do you want their brain to be? And then assemble the apparatus around that. And you'll be surprised at what you come up with. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Um, the back end of a, a kitchen knife, surprisingly thuddy. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't go using the sharp end. Well, no, I would go using the sharp end. That gets specific. That gets very <laughs> specific. But, I mean, it, it, it's it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Kitchen, surprisingly, kitchen utensils are very There's versatile. a lot of ways to hurt yourself in a kitchen, which anybody who, else who has worked in a kitchen will know about. Yeah. Spatulas. Spatulas are nice. Mm-hmm. They're nice. They can be nice little paddles. The thing that I think is harder for people to get into is people that are really into like situation play and like costume play. That because that is going to cost money unless you are somebody who already makes that stuff. In Did which case, this is already not a problem for you. <laughs> You've already been managed. Yeah, that's the same barrier to entry problem that cosplaying has a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. The stuff you can buy that is in your price range is never really of good quality mm-hmm. unless you make it yourself. But making it yourself costs a lot of money. Yeah. Because I don't... What is the, what is the price of a Singer sewing machine? I got no clue. Let's see here. Singer sewing machine. Average price. Uh, that's actually not that bad. $72. Huh. That's not awful. No, it's not. Granted, it's probably like a basic Singer sewing machine, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not bad mm-hmm. if you want to start making your own clothes, and you can use it to make your own leather stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. I, I know you need a stronger motor. Uh, to, you need, uh, also need a thicker needle, too. Yeah, but a different needle and a stronger motor, if I remember correctly. But, um, yeah, unless you're willing to make it, that's going to be hard. Yeah. And that's the thing for a lot of people is they want uh, like fantasy fulfillment and situations is what they're coming into this for. So, Yeah. Um, 
start small and work your way bigger i guess some that, that's the only way i can think of a lot of the times the events that were like that you can dress up at a lot of it is optional i'm mm-hmm. sure but i know a lot of people want the like that experience that kinky experience mm-hmm. um the best way to look at that though is starting small gets you gets you in the door already mm-hmm. and then eventually working your way up if there is a lingerie piece that costs x amount of dollars uh save up towards it mm-hmm. put it off to the side um find a sale find promo codes all that stuff yeah it, it sounds like the biggest takeaway for functioning as a um uh, a victim of class warfare is that you have to become some level of producer yeah that that is Whether a... that be like research and applying knowledge um mastering technique over time learning how to make goods um it becomes necessary to have a process that prioritizes quality and effectiveness over profit. Yeah. um, And that's another reason you want to be a part of these communities because, like, I know a lot of people who, like, if you paid them for their time and you handed them the materials, they could get you cosplays a lot cheaper than you would ever have to, like, pay for for somebody you didn't know. Yeah. There is a... There's a nice thing. That's the nice thing about networking, though, is your ability to find others that are either in the similar situation that you are, that are resourceful, mm-hmm. or have the ability to be just as resourceful as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, that comes down to networking and just attempting to locate things that interest you and going full send sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there... I think there's something that we're we're also kind of uh, no no we we talked about it in the first the first portion of this episode where the people that have access to these spaces are usually the ones that dictate what can and cannot happen yes and who and who can and cannot show up so mm-hmm. um, it may be nice to make friends with some of these people if they're not pieces of shit yeah um, that usually helps mm-hmm. um, but again take all precautions as you possibly can for stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we haven't necessarily touched on as far as this topic is concerned, because other than me saying eat the bourgeoisie that, um, I don't remember if we touched on it in the first part, but there is a certain amount of security that higher class people have that we don't. We didn't that, talk about that. Yeah. Cause, uh, it's a lot easier for some people to afford lawyers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, if you've got a warehouse party that gets raided and everybody goes into cars, some of those people are going to have a lot easier time in the coming months than others. Yeah, that is very true. Or if someone, uh, or if a major event has, has like, several accidents that they all have to go to the hospital and they get sued, mm-hmm. they can probably save their ass. They can yeah. probably part with the money just fine. Will it hurt eventually? Sure. Will things be stricter later? Sure, but... Mm-hmm. That doesn't help you now. That doesn't help you now. <laughs> um, that level of comfortability is only afforded to people that can walk away from subjects without staying in the... staying, staying affected by the system for too long. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's another inherent problem that we should probably figure a way out to touch on. Um, knowing legal repercussions of where you're at and what you're doing mm-hmm. is probably for the best. I know we hit on it earlier on in our, in our life cycle of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing your local 
your local and state laws, even some federal laws, yeah, um, can save you a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, can save you a lot of heartache and a lot of money out of your pocket. Yeah, and I think um, <clears throat> this is a hard one to explain because, like, it's a it's a thing you and I both know intuitively. But there is a sense when you're like at a party where you hear something and you're like, "It's time to go." Ah, uh, the gut instinct. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of a way to like vocalize it. Because, Situational awareness. Yeah, the, these are like. These are the kind of buzzwords that people will mention and then never explain. So somebody that doesn't know what we mean um, might not get the uh, what we're trying to say. So I'm trying to think of like, you know, when you start hearing raised voices at a party that sound like a fight is about to start, and you're like, uh, it is time to go. There's similar markers at just about any kind of party thing. Um, like if you're at a music festival and you see anybody that is leaning at an angle that is more than 45 degrees and you're like that, there's a drunk person over there. We should probably go yeah, like, or away if, from this part. <laughs> or if again, we'll use a metal show as an example, or if there's an entire group of people lining up in, in a single file line horizontally locking arms, yeah, that, that's the wall of death. Get out of the way mm-hmm. or at least find a way to get out of the way. Um, for kink events, the, the the situations to prepare for or to look for is if the event is not in an established building, like if, if the swingers club, the local swingers club is having a kinky night event, they're less likely to get raided, mm-hmm. usually because they have a business permit. Uh-huh. Um, house parties are more likely to get raided, especially if they're in more suburban areas as opposed to less populated rural areas. Uh-huh. Uh, the only issue with rural areas is you are now out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. um, and having an event. And the chances of someone um, getting hurt and the ambulance getting involved or they're getting the cops involved is a lot less likely because of how far away it is from society. Mm-hmm. Um, for house parties, you always want to look out for extra drunken disorderly conduct, um, mm-hmm. as if, especially if it's a alcohol-allowed uh, event. Yeah. Um, uh, also be mindful of what toys you're taking, especially in states like in Texas. If you are caught with more than six dildos, you are going to get a ticket, Yeah, uh, which is stupid. Um, so stupid. But those are things to look out for. Um, I say with, um, with your group, and I always recommend having a group if you can. Uh, and this problem goes away if you don't have a group. Um, have a way you can say, we need to go now. Yeah have a fallback plan to get the hell out um and these are some pretty simple steps just like a couple of things that you can say to each other to know that you're not fucking around um park in a way that makes sure you're not boxed in like make sure pretty simple stuff make sure you have access to your vehicle pretty quick fast and in a hurry if it's a rural area because you're parking on land Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to a house party, make sure to park a couple blocks away from the entire the, the house so that way your car doesn't get flagged as something that should not be there mm-hmm. or don't park in other people's driveways that yeah. are not the um, event coordinator's house. Um, have a fallback plan, a call, a, like pretend that someone calls you to get your entire group out of there or yourself mm-hmm. if you're uncomfortable with the situation. Generally, unless it is a, like, a raid to make a statement they're going to be going for whoever's in charge usually yeah uh but they but law enforcement will or will not take the advantage of 
having multiple people that are publicly intoxicated because you are now outside of the, the event. Yeah. So there, that's also something to keep in mind. Um, conventions don't necessarily have um, a lot to worry about because of how many volunteers are supposed to be keeping everyone in line. If they are kink conventions, yes. Kink if convention? you're at any other kind of convention, um, like let's say an anime convention having a kink room party, that is something else you need to like keep an eye out for. Yeah. Um, the idea... There's also one weird thing that comes with the whole... Um, a kink con- a kink convention versus another convention that has kinky elements. Mm-hmm. Kink conventions go under the radar mm-hmm. at larger hotels because the idea that people are fucking and paying to get in somewhere can be considered prostitution. Right, yeah. And that is exacerbated if you have a kink thing at another event that the event can just say, well, we didn't know this was happening, so now everybody in that room is liable uh-huh. for an issue. Those are things to kind of like just to keep yourself out of the out of the way from needing a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're in kink scenes long enough, there are lawyers in the scene that will tell you roughly the same thing. Yeah, um, I am not a lawyer, so I can't. I'm not going to be your legal counsel on the subject, but that'd be a good thing to have as a lawyer on this to to, to discuss legalities and kink. Yeah, that'd be great. I will. I'm going to make a mental <clears throat> note of that one. Um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, um, another thing. Um, most people that are lower income um, or at poverty line are also in the military. Mm. Uh, one thing I would like to say to people that are mil- in military, do not say where you're going ever. Most of the kinky places that you're going to are on a blacklist mm-hmm. and you will get um, you will you will get uh, talked to very yeah. sternly about that. Um and if you if you just think it's in the U.S., it's not. It, there's places all around the world that are blacklisted from armed military per- personnel from being there. Yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind as well, because um, while you are making military money, um, your rank dictates what type of military money you are making, and legal counsel is probably not going to be on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, just food for thought. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is. Don't that, starve. <laughs> don't starve, and don't put yourself in a situation that where you're going to starve because you needed to save your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, take that from your resident poor person. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was needed to quench my thirst with a carbonated beverage that's going to dehydrate me. Right. Yeah. More than what I already am. Um, Standing move. Show <laughs> me your moves. Um, at this current point, no, I think that was a that's a good place to kind of either leave off on or have some closing notes on the subject. Because mm-hmm. um, as events start reopening again, you're going to see a lot more people trying to get people in because of the lack of money that they've been hit with. Uh-huh. Uh, so don't be surprised if a lot of events that you didn't have access to beca- before the quarantine, before the Panini, um, start trying to find ways to get you involved. Yeah. Um, and by that I mean like discounted rates, all of this. Just un- be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is definitely something to look out to not look out for, but to look forward to because, I mean, the fact that I can go now to one of the swinger clubs that has a kinky night for f- pennies on the dollar now mm-hmm. um, is a nice thing, especially because these are nice places. Uh-huh. Usually, swinger places are really uh, nice and well kept, mm-hmm. especially ones outside of this town right right i'll tell you about this later <laughs> um any other closing remarks for you 
No, I think we covered most of it. The the thesis is just it takes like it's it's more expensive to be poor. It, a lot more. Um, and as far as like kink access goes, that that cost is more on your time than it is on your actual pocketbook now. Yeah, uh, because the time you've spent at an event is a time you could have been behind the bar making hundreds of dollars in tits because it's a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Or, like, you can't buy a paddle. You've got to learn to make your own. Mm-hmm. Buying a paddle, if you have the money, takes five minutes. Let's say 25 minutes because you looked it up. But making one is going to take you a day. Yeah. So, those are, like, vastly different. And at this point, it's a matter of weighing out your options mm-hmm. and seeing what is far more cost-effective for your time and for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, take everything we say at this point with a grain of salt because things are changing ever so ever so much because of various different global bullshits that are going on mm-hmm. especially as far as this country is concerned I can't really personally say about anything in uh, other countries right now other than Japan has closed its borders entirely to people mm. uh, so no one will be taking flights out anywhere soon mm. at least I think so so that's all I have to say at the moment. Yeah, I think that's it for me too. It was good. It's good to be back. Mm. It's good to have this entirely down hat, as I used to say. Um, <laughs> as always, like follow, subscribe on all platforms if you like us. If you like to hear our sultry voices. Um, other than that, it's this has been Bound by the Scene. Au revoir, Jeanne. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Peace. <laughs>